Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It was this piece that I read at Reason.com about Dr. Liana Wen sent me over the edge, which is not really a place that I go. I try my best to even when I see something that's disgusting, not to lose my mind. But when you see a doctor say on television, you have the option to not get vaccinated if you want, but then you can't go out in public. What in the world does one do with that absolutely horrific and nonsensical information? What does one do with that? What does one do when a professor of health policy and management at George Washington University, a medical analyst for CNN, says that society has an obligation to prevent the unvaccinated from leaving their homes, which is what we're seeing in Australia, and then says the vaccinated should not have to pay for the should not have to pay the price for the so-called choices of the unvaccinated anymore. Then you have New York Times reporters putting themselves out there saying that Biden of course has the constitutional authority uh, to force these vaccinations and furthermore, how dare you not get vaccinated? Uh, you know, if you are really a severe violator, they can take you to court. So the Biden administration is making the same case that this is a threat to workplace safety. And that's the ground that this law or this uh, mandate will be fought on. A lot of Republican governors are screaming about it's unconstitutional, it's this or that. Um, there, it's really a, a case of federal law. And experts say Biden has the authority in federal law to do exactly what he did. That's not what experts are saying. That's a New York Times reporter on MSNBC. It's not what experts are saying. We don't know what he has the authority to do because nothing has been written yet. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Twitter, Instagram, Tony Katz, the phone number 833-468-8669. But when people like her want to go down the road and say that absolutely, positively, you don't have the right to put me at risk because you won't get a vaccine. Well, who's putting who at risk? Dr. Louis Profeta joins us right now, an ER doctor in Indianapolis. According to LinkedIn, one of the 12 doctors you should be listening to. His posts, his videos go like wildfire throughout uh, that social media world. You have dealt with your share of COVID cases from the very, very beginning as an ER doctor. And we'll get into where we are with the hospitals But first, let me take it back to this statement from Dr. Leanna Wen on CNN. The vaccinated should not have to pay the price for the so-called choices of the unvaccinated anymore. The way I know things, doctor, you have the same chance of spreading it if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. The issue here is how you deal with it. Does the unvaccinated person really create that much more of a threat to society than the vaccinated when it comes to spreading COVID? (laughs) I don't know, but, but I, I will tell you, I mean, 
the data probably shows that if you're vaccinated, you probably have a, a lower chance of, of spreading virus. But if you are vaccinated, you, sh- you certainly can transmit uh, COVID also. But, you know, in listening to some of that rhetoric, I'm old enough, Tony, I was practicing medicine in the height of the AIDS epidemic. I mean, this sounds eerily similar to some of the, the vitriol and the garbage that was coming out during HIV in the 80s. I mean, it's just it's sad to hear this stuff coming full circle. But when you when you discuss that with the the idea of vitriol, which part of it that that you mean? The vitriol from people who are like, I don't want to get vaccinated, or the vitriol from saying to people, if you don't get vaccinated, you're a killer. Well, that okay. I mean that that's the same type of argument that that I mean. Obviously, I'm in healthcare. I want everybody vaccinated, Tony. I mean, that is put that right out there right now. I mean, your your best chance of surviving COVID-19 is getting vaccinated. I think we've done pretty much all we can in convincing the people that were on the fence to get vaccinated. Uh, I don't think the others, uh, the rest of the population, is going to get vaccinated. Um, so I think it's just a matter of protecting yourself as an individual. But um, God help us if we start locking down American citizens. Um, uh, out, of, out of fear like that, but uh, it, it, it just makes me sad to hear. But there's tons of there's tons of illnesses in American society where society pays for the choices of other people, whether it's you're not managing your diabetes right, or whether you're an alcoholic, or whether you, uh, you smoke uh, cigarettes. There's or, you know morbid obesity. There's tons of healthcare issues out there that society pays for, and um, so that, I guess that's where I'm coming from in that regard. Talking to Dr. Louis Brefetta, an ER doctor in Indianapolis, one of the 12 voices you should be listening to, 12 medical voices you should be listening to on LinkedIn, according uh, to LinkedIn. I want to get back to something here and really want to dig in a little bit. This isn't about, you know, proving who's right. This is about understanding what is right. You can spread COVID even if you're vaccinated. As we have gone through this data again and again, what we come up with, is that when you are vaccinated, dealing with COVID, the symptoms are lessened, you have a better chance of survival, even though in in terms of overall survival, COVID is survived by the vast majority of people. There are comorbidities and other things that can have an effect on you, and this vaccine, this inoculation, as I call it, certainly does help you. But it seems that there's a lot of fear-mongering, including from the president, Joe Biden, about the idea that the unvaccinated do not have the right to threaten the vaccinated. And that that is confusing people because it doesn't seem, doctor, to be science-based. Well, I'm, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head, Tony. And it, the vaccine is, is safe. The vaccine provides you the uh, the protection that you need to keep from being hospitalized, to keep you from being uh, uh, intubated, put in the ICU on a vent, or dying. I mean, the vast majority. I mean, statistically speaking, something like ninety-five percent of all people in the ICU with COVID-19 right now are, are unvaccinated patients. So that should tell you that the vaccine works. So um, if you're vaccinated, quit worrying about everybody else. <laughs> and, and, and that's, I guess, maybe where I'm coming from. Unless you're in healthcare, unless you're taking care of people that, that are at risk, I, I thoroughly believe that everybody in healthcare should get vaccinated, and I actually think it should be mandated in, in healthcare because we're co- we're taking care of people that are immunocompromised, that are chemotherapy patients, that are transplant patients that have no um, choice but to come to the hospital, and we have to do everything we can in our power to protect them. But everybody else in society, I think we just need to calm down a little bit, get vaccinated, worry about yourself, and 
and pray for the people that aren't vaccinated because that's what they're they need more than anything. Now this conversation about healthcare workers, right? I, I think that you make an argument that's interesting and people can agree or disagree with that there are positions in society that may require certain things compared to other positions. You've got a story out of uh, Fox News saying that a New York hospital puts baby deliveries on hold because maternity workers are quitting over the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. You already have a nursing shortage the question is not where you are about whether they there should be mandates for, for, for nurses, but rather on this shortage. And you and I have discussed this. People should know we've discussed this off air before, the problem that exists. How bad is this and how bad right now is the nursing shortage leading to the issues of overcrowding in hospitals? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably the first and foremost problem uh, in hospitals all around America is the nursing shortage. So, and I have written about this, Tony. I've discussed this before, that I was always worried about hospitals initiating mandates for vaccines without addressing the nursing shortage crisis first uh, and foremost. That, that I actually think that the shortage of nurses is a bigger threat to health care than unvaccinated health care workers right now. Um, and I, that is the problem that I would work, you know, overtime if I was in federal government, if I was in the hospital administration to, to fix. And I think most of them are. It saddens me that there is this fear mongering among health care workers, too, that aren't willing to get the vaccine. Uh, anything that we can do and I, I've said, hey, you know, if you want to call me up, you want to text me, I'll t- discuss this. If you're a nurse and you don't want to get the vaccine, um, anything we can do to, to move that along is great. But, man, we got to fix the shortage first. I don't know how, how we do both at the same time. I think hospitals just have to weigh the risk of mandating the vaccine versus lo- losing staff. Uh, but I do hope that healthcare workers, you know, take charge and that they do protect themselves and, and their patients by getting vaccinated. Now, outsider looking in, I, uh, my opposition to mandates is an opposition to mandates. And I can also appreciate the idea that different uh, professions have different requirements. But what we've seen in the shortage also comes from a, a bit of sheer capitalism. People are, are going to the highest bidder and they're being traveling uh, nurses and they're 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 doing these, these projects for two months here or two months there and making a, a whole bunch uh, of money uh, doing it. Uh, when you hear about how certain hospital groups are handling this situation, are they handling it by throwing money at the problem or are they handling it by putting more onto the doctors when doctors have a specific job set to do and the nursing isn't part of it? Yeah, I think you just I think we do. We're doing all of it. Um, I don't know how I wish I had an answer about how medical centers are, are fixing the nursing shortage problem. I mean, certainly they're going up against sort of the capitalistic drive to, to move where nurses are picking up and going to other other locations. But I also think that nurses are moving to other facilities because they don't uh, feel appreciated at some of the institutions that they're at. And, you know, we're trying as best we can, the, the, uh, the doctor group that I'm at, St. Vincent's Emergency Physicians, to, to do everything we can to try to make the nurses feel uh, more appreciative, to help them out with workload, to, to be cognizant of their sort of compassion fatigue, anything possible that we can do to keep staff, we're, we're doing outside of paying them. I mean, they don't work for us. They work for the hospitals. Um, but anything that we can do to boost their morale, we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to play our part because it's important to the well-being of all involved. 
I want to bring it back to this idea where we're seeing real misinformation being pushed out on news networks uh, regarding who spreads uh, a virus and who can get virus, which the answer is all of us. Uh, but you've spoken about, you know, you don't want to see lockdowns and these kinds of things. Uh, again, there's this conversation of, of vaccine passports in, in New York, where, of course, you have spent a lot of time and so have I. You can't get into a restaurant without proving uh, that you've been vaccinated. But in the UK, they have just eliminated uh, that whole need. Do the unvaccinated need to be living cloistered and and uh, and, and hold up in, in their houses until a time where the government tells them it's OK? Yeah, Tony, I think that stuff's stupid. And um, <laughs> worry, again, wor- worry about yourself. I mean, j- get vaccinated, take care of yourself. You know, um, I, that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's one thing not to be vaccinated and walking into, into a nursing home. Yeah, you know what? People who aren't vaccinated should not be walking into a nursing home, okay? They should not be walking into a hospital even um, and probably shouldn't be working in healthcare right now. Um, but, but this other stuff... I'm not worried about it. I mean, and uh, and I guarantee the, the most of the doctors that I that I know that are vaccinated, they're going to restaurants, they're going to concerts, they're going. A lot of them are going to movies. Now, there's probably certain uh, real crowded in, inside environments that I may not expose myself to, and it's not because I fear I'm going to die of COVID. It's just because if I get sick in the middle of a pandemic, my partners have to pick up the slack, and we can't afford to have our doctors getting ill, even with flu-like illnesses so yeah there's certain social situations i'm going to avoid so is that what drives you in the idea of hey if you're in healthcare, you should be vaccinated because we simply can't afford to lose the time yes that and also that is a very that's a, a very important uh, driving fact and one of the reasons why i i encourage healthcare workers because we're short staffed all already we can't afford to have our workers getting ill and that goes for influenza too but also on another on, on, a, on the other side of the coin is that a lot of these elderly people may not be able to mount the immune response to the COVID vaccine. And a lot of your patients that are chemotherapy patients that are chronically immunosuppressed or heart transplant or kidney transplant patients uh, may not be able to mount the same immune response. So we have an obligation to them as healthcare providers. Again, like I said, they have no choice. They have to be in the nursing home or they have to go to a hospital for health care. It's not like going to a supermarket. Um, I think it's a, we have a different level of responsibility within those facilities that don't exist at, uh, you know, a Subway restaurant or at a concert venue. Dr. Lewis Profeta, ER doctor. Find him on LinkedIn, Dr. Lewis Profeta, P-R-O-F-E-T-A. Always appreciate taking the time. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So two things. Uh, Twitter, you guys are great. Well, not Twitter. Twitter, Twitter's a dumpster fire. But people on Twitter, I've got, I've got Chicken Rancher and I've got Marie. Marie asked, you know, in this conversation we were having with uh, Dr. Lewis Profeta, an ER doctor, uh, what about people with antibodies? What about those of us who have the antibodies, she asked. I think that's a very important question when we talk about uh, COVID and that these people are completely dismissed, completely uh, dis- dis- dismissed as if somehow they have to get vaccinated. I don't believe that's the case at all. We didn't get to that question. I will get to that question next time. I think that natural immunity is real and we're seeing more and more data that shows that. But Chicken Rancher on Twitter, great name, uh, asked why is it that healthcare workers are not wanting to take the vaccine? 
I specifically did not ask that question to Dr. Profeta because that's a question that I want to ask nurses. I know where he stands on it, but I want to ask them directly. I don't want him to do guesswork. I want to ask people who can give me the concrete answers. That's why I didn't ask the question right there and then. But I did want to get into something that I I, I brought up, was it last week? Maybe it was the week before, and we're going to dig more into, which is this idea of when we're talking about these mandates and and, and this this madness and this, you know, the, the, the woke society in many ways, you know, there are things worse than death. At that line always seems to get people to to give me a, a bit of a bit of a side eye, a bit of glance, a little bit of what are you talking about? There are things worse than death. And I cannot describe to you that over this weekend and this this twentieth remembrance of September eleventh and and other things that that where I spent so much time thinking and my wife as well was on my gosh, what is happening? What is happening? I put this out on social media. A few things are more frightening than seeing the amount of Americans so joyfully embracing the word comply. This this idea that we want to use force against other citizens to do what it is we want them to do. How? What is this? And if it, you can do it on this, well, what else can you do it on? I, the slippery slope is not only real, it is factual. When people realize they can use the, the, the blanket or, or the cover of public health to get rid of firearms or do anything else they want to do, these things are serious things that have to be dealt with. And a society that wants to chip away at your rights, well, let me tell you, there are things worse than death. And if you don't believe me, just look at North Korea. Just pretend you're a woman right now in Afghanistan. There are things worse and we act as if somehow covid is the worst thing it is not and it is imperative that we remind ourselves of this and that we actually teach that to our children it's a virus and most people live through it it is the reaction from government and others that has been so awful and so wrong more problematic than the virus itself I wasn't kidding. The United Kingdom has put an end to vaccine passports. New York forces you to show your vaccine to get into a restaurant. And the UK said, no, we're not doing that. It's just silly. Stop that. It's silly. There are things worse than death. And we have to make sure that we're the society that never has to live it. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. If you didn't know, I love MMA. I don't get to watch over the past couple years as much as I would like to. Really, none. Uh, But mixed martial arts, whether it's the UFC or some of the others, I love it. I think it is the most unbelievable and intense sport. Uh, The the size, the skill, the, the... the toughness, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mixed martial arts is incredible. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you guys. Great to be with you. Uh, 
But I caught this story over at the New York Post about Alana McLaughlin winning her debut Friday night via submission. Now, this is not with uh, UFC. That's the Ultimate Fighting Championship. That's the one that you know. All right? That is not uh, UFC. This is another group. What you don't know is that Alana McLaughlin is transgender. So Alana McLaughlin is a man who says they are a woman and is allowed to compete against other women. And we are somehow supposed to be shocked and surprised by the fight ending in a rear naked choke. That means when you have somebody's back, you're on their 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 back and the you know your your elbow is around uh, their neck from behind. That's a rear naked choke. You've come around and and you're choking them out. And you either tap or or you you go unconscious. One one or the other. McLaughlin left the US Army Special Forces in 2010 beginning uh, uh, gender transition at that time and uh, thinks that they're doing great work and was wearing a shirt in in the octagon or in the the ring I guess you'd call it in this case that said end trans trans genocide okay everyone just settle down for, for, for a moment let's get back to the first part of the story no you're not a woman and if you're competing against other women and people are cheering this, they're actually cheering for men to beat up women. That's what they're cheering for. I think the real story here is the woman who fought this guy because that's brave. Men, by and large, are stronger than women. And any level of training is going to certainly give you an advantage. There are definitely some MMA fighters who are women who could beat me up. Of this, there is no conversation. They have skill, they have training, all those things. Against another MMA fighter who's a man? No. That is not rude or bigoted. Those are facts. And I am not somebody who's just going to sit around and be like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. None of this makes perfect sense. It's ridiculous and it's ugly. It's simply wrong. I don't mind women's MMA. And if one woman is physically stronger than uh, another woman, well, that's the way it goes. Because there are men that are physically stronger than other men. But just to, to condone this, to say this is good, this is value, oh, this is what equality is all about? No, it's not. It's about garbage and hurting society. I am not telling this former soldier that they can't live any way they don't want to live. You live any way you choose. I don't get to make that call. I am discussing the idea. And you you can identify any way you choose. I am discussing the, the, the sports aspect, which is men should not be allowed to compete in this way. And it doesn't matter what you call yourself or how you identify or anything else. You are still a man. Men are not women and women are not men. You know, people get thrown off social media for that. Oh, they get attacked 
for that. Men are not women and women are not men. That, that is not rude. That is just factual. Again, I'm not telling you not to feel the way you feel. I, I, there was a story about a pride flag. Where did I have that story, Producer Ari? There was a story about a, another story about a pride flag. And I keep asking the question, what in the world are the flags doing in the classroom? So this was a story about a high school in Indiana, not too far from where I live in Westfield, where they took out the, the um, gay pride flags and they took out the Black Lives Matter flags. Well, first things first, Black Lives Matter flags are about Marxism. They should all be out of the classroom. No one should be in favor of Black Lives Matter as an organization. A bigoted, hateful organization filled with grifters who have multiple houses and then split with the money. But people who actually supported this group and were trying to get help from this group, they get nothing. If you support Black Lives Matter as an organization, you're just wrong. You're supporting bigotry and hate. You're supporting Marxism. Shame on you. Stop it. As for the gay pride flag, the question I asked is why is it in the classroom? It doesn't represent all students. And I would tell any student that is gay that you don't need a flag to prove who you are. The flag not being in the classroom doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change acceptance or lack thereof or anything else. Stop it. Stop looking to be a victim and go live your life. Stop looking to be a victim. You know who are victims? If we're going to get into into victimhood, those who got hurt in the Stonewall riots. We're talking about Stonewall Inn, Greenwich Village, New York City. This was 69, 68, 69. That had some victims. You don't have a flag in the classroom. With all due respect, learn a little bit of your history and know for fact that you are not a victim. But there are people out there who want to tell you you're a victim because only if you're a victim can you somehow rise above. Or you can just live your life, your choice. But there's no need for a gay pride flag in the classroom. And you're not a victim if there isn't one. But this brings us to a story out of Missouri where a teacher resigned from his job because he was threatened with termination for displaying an LGBTQ pride flag, that's how it's reported, and inclusive signs in the classroom. I don't know what inclusive sign. Oh, here, here's one. In this classroom, everyone is welcome. Well, I, I, I'm curious if that also means the Trump supporter, but neither here nor there. Let's just to say everyone was uh, welcome in the classroom, which is uh, nothing wrong with that. That sign doesn't bother me. However, the gay pride flag is peculiar. The teacher tweeted out, this was an attempt to make my classroom more open and welcoming for all my students, and nothing was ever taught about the flag because it stood there as a reflection of my classroom as a safe state space for gay and other students. Well, the, your, your classroom is supposed to be that anyway, no flags necessary. And while you think uh, the flag may have done nothing. What if other kids didn't like seeing it because they didn't have their flags up? Everyone's got a thing, right? You only had one group up. 
It's an idea of saying this group is somehow more special. This group is better. This group is more important. I'm not saying I take it that way. I'm saying someone could take it that way. And aren't we saying when we don't allow other flags up that that's exactly the case? But it really goes back to this idea of does a gay student need a gay pride flag, which is clearly utilized now as this leftist mantra. It's about politics. It's not about sexuality. It's not about who you love. It's all about the politics. It's an identifier. Who are you kidding? Who are you lying to when you tell me that a gay pride flag is all about pride? It's a, it's a, it's a political identifier. It's exactly what it is. Now, it's also supposed to mean that you conform. You take a look at areas that have, um, uh, I think month of June is gay pride month which I've never understood the pride conversation, but that's another conversation for another day. And, and so uh, uh, that's the month of June. And there are areas where, where you know, this is, this is where they have parades and activities and uh, going out. Sure, man, go to towns and drink and have fun and do whatever. But there, you go to some of these places where they don't want to have a rainbow flag or uh, out or a rainbow flag on, the, on, their, on their storefront. Oh, so I guess you're not down with the cause. Well, no, I just don't want to put up a flag. Oh, you don't want to put up a flag? We know what you're all about. This is exactly what they did with Black Lives Matter. They would go to, to, to bars and restaurants and businesses. You have to put this in, 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 your, in your window. You have to put up a letter saying you support Black Lives Matter. Otherwise, we know who you are. They did this. They did this to a donut shop in Indianapolis. Fantastic, fantastic place. I don't want to give the name. I should give the name, because I don't think they would mind if I gave the name. Uh, uh, Fantastic, fantastic donuts. Love what they do. They badgered black employees until they quit. That happened. Because these people are like, we just want to sell donuts. What do you, what do you, we don't want to engage the politics. We want to sell you something with sprinkles, please. And they were absolutely right. They were 150% right. But no, 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 you have to show it. So let's not kid ourselves about what the gay pride flag has become now that they've added more colors to it, right? So you first you had the rainbow flag, and then they start putting in this, like, it's not a chevron pattern. It's like a, they, like, took a triangle and put it on its side. So the point, instead of being to the top, is to the, to the right. And so that's different colors, and it means this, and means that. Look, it, it, it's not about being gay. It's about politics. And no, that shouldn't be in the classroom. But the bigger conversation is, if you need a flag to feel good about yourself, well, then, my gosh, you got to look inward. Well, Tony, what about the American flag? That's about all of us. That's not about one specific group. That's not about one specific entity or one specific characteristic. That is about all of us in the melting pot. Because regardless of whether you're gay or you're straight or you're white or you're black or you're Asian or you're Hispanic or you're this or that or Jewish or Christian or Muslim or what have you, that is us. Not a subset of us, all of us. That is the concept of an ideal, of a value that we're striving for, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union. That is our nation, not yours, not yours, not mine, ours. We all have a stake in that. That's why the American flag remains.
That's why it has value. Well, Tony, it's political. If you if you think the American flag is political, that's because you want it to be political. You see this happening on college campuses. Oh, we have to take down the American flag. It, it offends people. Screw those people. Tell those people to go to hell in a handbasket. The American flag somehow makes you feel uncomfortable? Well, I'm so sorry to hear it. F these people. Turns out that the Hong Kongers loved it, and turns out there are many Afghanis who love it. Um, Trade places. But the gay pride flag is used to represent one political ideology. The American flag doesn't do that. That some people may want to take it that way, well, that's on them. Don't let them take your flag from you, people. Meanwhile, men should not be allowed to fight women in mixed martial arts or compete against them in track and field the, the, or swimming. It's, it's, it's just wrong. So let's just say that it's wrong. Let's just accept the fact that men are not women and women are not men. It's okay. It's just a fact. And then we can move on with our lives. So September 11th, 20th anniversary, the commemorations going on all across the country. And there was Joe Biden. I mean, this photo is just absolutely stunning. I don't know if Charlie Spearing took the photo, but it's on his Twitter feed. And Charlie is great. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Charlie is the White House House correspondent for Breitbart News. And I know some of you are going to say, ah, Breitbart, settle down. Charlie was with Washington Examiner before that. Charlie's a reporter. I, 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 he has always been unbelievably good and unbelievably kind uh, to, to me. And he's always brought forth report, reporting. So he posts this photo, actually comes from Getty, Getty Images. And there's Bill Clinton. And there's Barack Obama. And Hillary Clinton's there, and Michelle Obama's there. And there's uh, Jill Biden. Oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Jill Biden. <laughs> And there's Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York. And in the middle is Joe Biden. Everybody is wearing a black mask. But in this photo at the 9-11 memorial is Joe Biden, his mask down. You see him holding his mask down, and he's yelling at somebody. He's yelling across the way at somebody. I don't even know what he's yelling. And there is, uh, Jill Biden is looking away from him. Barack Obama is just staring over at him with this almost bit of head kind of tilted his direction, but a bit of side eye saying, oh my gosh. Joe Biden screaming at somebody. I mean, he's, he's, he's yelling. I don't know what he's even yelling, but he's took the mask off. What was, he's outdoors and he's vaccinated. What's the point of the mask? Well, the mask is for show. They're all wearing the mask for show. But there he is, pulling it down to yell at somebody. By the way, yelling, I thought singing was absolutely verboten. Ask your kids doing a school play or in the school chorus whether or not they have to wear a mask while they sing. And the answer is yes. How do I know this? Trust me, got one of those kids. 
They have to wear a mask while they perform a play. Kind of hard to act when you can't show the face. It's it, it's it's a bit of a problem. He is in a in another spot where he went to go talk to some kids and he pulls down his mask. He he has a picture with some kids. He's got the mask down. What's the point of wearing the mask? Well, wearing the mask is solely and exclusively for show. Nothing else even matters. Nothing else comes close. It has nothing to do with safety. Zero to do with safety. It has everything to do with everything else. I mean, this just seems obvious at this stage of the game. And he exposed it right there. This photo is stunning. Really stunning. Maybe sad. Brian Stelter. Now that's sad. We'll get to that next. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.